Hi, welcome to the Art and Science of Learning, the podcast that digs deeper in how we learn, so that in today's accelerated world, we can learn better and enjoy it more. I'm your host, learning specialist, Dr. Kinga Petrovai. Every week, I discuss aspects of learning with academics, practitioners, and individuals with unique learning journeys to inform and inspire how you design learning into work and life. It's never too late to learn a new skill. However, learning at different stages in life may require different strategies. Yoga is recognized for having incredible health benefits throughout life. But learning yoga for the first time at the age of 50, 60, 70, or even 80 requires some different strategies. Georgia Morissette teaches yoga to senior citizens in Ottawa, Canada. Georgia is herself in her 70s, and she started to learn yoga after the age of 50, when chronic back pain was impacting the quality of her life. Having spent her entire career as a high school teacher, Georgia understands how people learn and the need to modify her strategy to different students, something she brings to her yoga teaching. Having experienced firsthand the life-altering impact of regular yoga practice, she began to teach senior citizens, most of whom have never practiced yoga and may not have even been very active throughout their life. I'm very happy to have her as a guest on the podcast to discuss the skills and strategies needed to teach, as well as learn, yoga at an advanced age, and also to discuss her many wonderful tips for well-being throughout life. Thank you, Georgia, for joining me. It is my pleasure. So when we first met, I was really struck by your warmth, energy, and zest for life. And we connected over our shared Hungarian heritage. And so actually, we both came to Canada very much at similar ages, but in uh, at different times. However, we quickly discussed many aspects of life, including your love of yoga. And I was surprised to hear that you actually started to learn yoga after the age of 50, because meeting you, I mean, anyone would believe that you were a yoga practitioner your entire life. But really, it's the lifelong learning. You're a true lifelong learner. And, uh, and you started yoga at, after the age of 50. So can you tell me what prompted you to start practicing yoga? Where did that begin? Well, basically, I have always been into fitness. I was a phys ed teacher. I was also uh, working as uh, uh, in community centers, teaching fitness classes. And I guess the jam joints and uh, arthritis in my back um, made it so that I was in trouble. I was told I would be in a wheelchair by the time I was 65. It was so bad. Wow, that's and terrible. What's nice now is um, I'm way past 65. And um, I said to my doctor, how come I feel perfectly well if that was the prognosis years ago? And she said, Georgia, you've done so much exercise and so much fitness that you've put strength in your back. And that's why you're feeling so good. Keep it going. Wow, that's amazing. So actually, the all the, the exercises and the strain you were putting on your back was ruining your back, but yoga then healed it? Perfect. Yes. Oh, the wow. different, I'm, I'm following different um, ideas. For instance, there's something called the five Tibetans, which people could mm-hmm. find on um, YouTube. I do that every single day. And the maximum repetitions of the movements are 21 times for each movement and I have been doing 21 times each movement by Christmas for four years every single day 
including if we're flying somewhere and it's a five o'clock at the airport time, I'll find an empty spot and do it because that's a gift to self. Hmm, that's really, really great. It's, it's very important. And since you told me about it, I have started doing it myself. It's a great exercise to start your day in a great routine. Do you like it? I do. I do like it. It's really most of the movements are from what you already would be doing in regular yoga practice, but it really puts a structure to the beginning of your day because it's the same movements. And I think that's the challenge is to find the time. As you said, you find the time, even when you're busy traveling, you take that time out. So that's always the hiccup that interrupts practices. And for me, certainly that has been throughout my life that something, you know, life gets very busy and then you drop it. But what you're saying is the important thing is that if you do it every day, Absolutely. It's, it's a gift to self. And why would you not take care of yourself? Mm. You'll be better for everyone else. Well, it has an incredible results for you. I mean, from the diagnosis that you would be in a wheelchair by the age of 65. And now, as I said, when I met you, I, I would have thought you've practiced yoga and all other sorts of exercises for your entire life. Uh, but you're just extremely fit. But can we go back to how did you actually start learning yoga? So you received this prognosis. You weren't practicing yoga at the time. So how did this come about? Well, one of my um, sons is a yoga teacher. Mm -hmm. And um, whenever we went to visit him, he would be teaching yoga somewhere. He would be inviting me to come along. And um, it intrigued me how much of a difference he was making to his groups that he was teaching. Right. Not to mention how much of a difference it made to me. Yes. So yes. I decided um, to try it out. And actually, when I came back, he lives on the West Coast. One of my other son's friends asked me to go on television to teach chair yoga class. Okay. And I said to him, I'm not yoga teacher at all. Mm -hmm. I said, he said, well, you know, You've been practicing fitness, and I'm sure you can make up a seven-minute segment for the television. Mm -hmm. Well, sure enough, I did do that. And then he actually he has a studio. He invited me to teach there. And that's when I thought, oh, my gosh, what am I getting into? <laughs> uh, and basically, I thought, well, if you're going to teach it, you better learn it. And uh, two things happened. I had signed up for um, a yoga class by then as a student, mm -hmm. and she was fabulous. I really enjoyed her classes. I thought, you know what, whenever possible to say yes, say yes. So give it a go and see what happens. Well, I had all of two students in the yoga studio. One was my sister and one was somebody else. And um, I didn't dare get off the floor. So we had a whole lot floor exercises I was too shy to get up and stand up and do any of the other poses but bit by bit actually I remember at that time asking the same son would you come and train some of us to um, to do our yoga sessions here because now I've got a job and I'm really not sure what I'm doing I remember putting nine people together in my home we cleared one of the rooms and he, he flew across from the West Coast and taught us. So that was my first formal, formal lesson. And actually, it was quite a few days that he was teaching us. And from then, my interest became teaching things to people. And I'll tell you who my students became along the way in a minute. 
uh, teaching things to people for wellness. In other words, if your hip hurts, your back hurts, your neck hurts, your shoulder hurts. So I ended up taking several courses in those realms just to make sure that I had a repertoire of things to, to share. It was something that made such a difference that I guess my name became known. I landed up teaching baby and mom yoga, then, then toddler mm -hmm. and parent yoga. They flew me up to Elliott Lake to teach chair yoga to several people so they could continue doing it up there. It became something that I guess blossomed way more than I ever expected it to. Amazing. That's really fantastic. And when you first started learning yoga, what did you find most difficult? Because this blossomed into not only a daily practice, but also you really teaching other and not only healing yourself, but also healing others. But when you first started practicing yoga, I mean, you said you were doing a lot of other exercises throughout your life, but what did you find most difficult when you started? Okay. Now this is true confessions to okay. learn the, the Sanskrit words. In other words, I teach mostly beginners. And as a, a beginner, you don't want to know Shavasana and whatever else. And I don't have the bandwidth to memorize all those words. So basically, <laughs> I never did learn the, yes. I, I just use the English words, upward dog, downward dog, yes, and uh, a pigeon pose, because I do teach beginners. And if you're okay with it, I can tell you an interesting story when I taught some um, children's classes in schools. They've hired me to teach after school programs for teachers. But this one particular time, a school hired me to teach three weeks of half an hour to kindergarten to grade six. In other words, every grade would come in for half an hour for three weeks. And at the end, I play a two and a half minute children's meditation. Okay. And what I noticed is that there were a lot of fidgeters in the class. In other words, lie down, close your eyes. Uh, no, I'm going to move this way, move this way, twirl around on my mat. Mm -hmm. And so I stopped the class after that time. And I remember saying to them, how many of you are hyperactive? You, you can't sit still. And by the way, I have a part of that too. So we all put our hands up, those of us who qualified. And I said, there's a secret I can tell you that could make you lie down for that uh, relaxation at the end of the class that may help you. Are you ready? And I said, I'm going to say a word. And when you hear that word, do it. Freeze. And they just all stopped moving, including myself. I just stopped myself with whatever motion I was doing. I tell you they came up to me the next week and they went, you know what, miss, I can now go to sleep because when I'm fidgeting in bed, I just say to myself, freeze. Interesting. Because guess what? Each one of us, any age, we're the boss of ourselves. If I'm in the middle of yakking away to you right now and I say <laughs> freeze, I'll stop talking. It's your turn. <laughs> That's interesting because it is so important, isn't it, to have strategies on how to how to manage different aspects of our life and different aspects of ourselves. And as you said, we are the boss of ourselves, but it's so helpful to learn these strategies that make it a lot easier. How interesting that the children really found that useful and incorporated it. Oh, 
I was so grateful to hear the feedback because I, as I told you, it's kindergarten to grade six. I didn't expect that they would have courage to come up and say, miss, guess what? (laughs) Oh, that's really good. That is, well, there you go. Yoga and meditation is important for every age. And of course there's different strategies and different ways of doing it at every age, isn't there? Which is what we're going to discuss in a lot more detail during our conversation. But Before we discuss about that, I mean, one of the main things is misconceptions of what yoga is and who it's for. I think that for most people, their idea of yoga or who yoga is for is very narrow. And it's interesting because you and your son, uh, who you spoke a little bit about, you represent the wide spectrum of yoga. So your son, Wade, is a serious yoga practitioner who studied in India, uh, started at a much younger age is a musician who is actually specialized in yogic chants and was also an ambassador for the yoga attire brand Lululemon. Um, So I think that's sort of the kind of image that most people have of who yoga is for, which is quite intimidating for everyone who's not in that category. And you also are a very serious practitioner and you practice daily and you teach yoga, but you started after the age of 50 when you already received a diagnosis that you're going to be in a wheelchair by the time you're in 65. So what do you wish people knew about yoga that would break this narrow spectrum that we have that really that's a very wide spectrum of yoga is for everybody. So what do you wish people would know to break this stereotype? Well, in other words, um, I think a, a good thing would be try it, you might like it. Mm-hmm. And I actually try to, I teach in a lot of senior homes, uh, chair yoga, mm-hmm. and I try to invite them in and, and so many times uh, invite people in who haven't yet joined the class. And I remember <laughs> um, one of the gentlemen who I um, invited in quite a few years ago, he said, I hate that stuff. Okay. I said, how do you know you hate that stuff? You've never come to the class. And he goes, you sit in a chair and you eat yoga. Uh, sorry, eat yogurt, eat yogurt. <laughs> and I hate yogurt. Oh and I said, it's not chair yogurt, it's chair yoga. <laughs> oh, that's great. So I landed up recruiting him. He did come to the class. So, uh, so often people think that it's, well, I did. I'll have to confess. I didn't want to wrap myself up in all kinds of crisscross body forms. When I was younger, I Mm. I also had that feeling of, no, I don't want to do that. And to me, when you want to do yoga, you should give it a second chance. Mm -hmm. Meaning, if you just go to one class and, oh, I don't like that. You know what? Maybe you should give it a second chance. Um, I'll just divert into a quick story here where Mm -hmm. I took the laughter yoga class. Uh, At that time, when I was taking it, I thought, well, I must try this out with my classes. And out of all the classes, I was teaching 22 classes a week that time. I remember that most of them went kind of, "Mm, it's okay, Georgia, but it's not our fave. So I also thought that too. I didn't find it realistic. Okay. And then a senior uh, chair yoga class who I went to for years said to me, Oh, Georgia, next week we have a a laughter yoga instructor coming in, come and join us. I think you'd like it. Hmm. Now, you know what my inner response was. Uh, No, thank you. (laughs) But they were such a sweet group that I thought, you know what, how kind of them to invite me again back to whenever possible to say yes, say yes. Mm -hmm. 
Yes. So I yes. ended up joining them for that class where they were teaching them how to do laughter yoga. Mm -hmm. And I learned something brand new that I missed when I took my classes. The brand new was your body does not know if it's phony laughter or real laughter. Mm -hmm. So if I ask my class now to go, ha, 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 which is phony. Yes. My yes. body does not know that that was phony laughter. And they love it. They have so much fun doing it because we'll do it several times. Mm -hmm. And on that note, here's another one I learned. The, I learned little extras, if you will, not, not the ones that are taught in regular yoga teacher courses. I learned that your body does not know when you're lying. So this one morning when I had five classes to teach, it was six o'clock in the morning. And yours truly went into the washroom and I've never seen my face look so gray. I was ill. And I thought, oh my gosh, I feel so bad right now. There's no way I can even phone my classes to say I'm not coming. Then I remembered your body does not know when you're lying. Your body believes whatever you are doing in your mind. So what I learned about this topic is seven times you raise your hands up and you go, I feel great. I feel great. I feel great seven times. And because my husband was still sleeping, I did it quietly. Can I just tell you the end of that story is I went and taught myself my five classes that day because all of a sudden I felt great. Do they teach this in yoga courses? Mm, I don't think so. I learned it from here, there, and everywhere where I visited. Somebody would drop a hint. And yes, I did take a course about pain management with yoga, but I'm going to stop talking now. And if you want me to elaborate on that, your turn. <laughs> I would absolutely love that. That is such a really, really important point about mind over matter and how and the incredible power that our mind has over our physical body and well-being. You know, you brought to my mind uh, as you were speaking, my mother has been suffering with chronic arthritis pain for very many years. And she really always firmly believes that you just get up and go and you, you push past the pain, you do what you can, but you push past the pain and just don't think about it. And it really has had a very, very positive impact on her in the sense that she does have very serious chronic pain, but it doesn't, she doesn't let it stop her from doing things. And after a while, you kind of stop thinking about it. So she's always been a huge advocate of mind over matter. I really like hearing that from you as well. And I think so often we forget that in our, in our life about how much power we have with our mind. So can you please tell me more about what you were going to say about the, the pain management with. Okay. So again, my whole concept of teaching yoga is to make a difference in how you feel mm -hmm. and, and also how you think. So right. basically I landed up taking a six day course uh, of pain management with yoga. And I'm going to share with you in the next couple of minutes, the biggest impact that course had on me. Any muscle that hurts, you pinch and move. That's it. So let's, one of the things, uh, now this is not visual, but I hope I can explain it well enough. So let's say your shoulder hurts. You go under the shirt, you pinch the muscle, and you move. And you do this maybe 10, 15 times. You can hitchhike. Just here, don't really hitchhike. It's not a good idea. And 
you can make circles with your arms and then come out. It's amazing, just that much. Oh, I can really feel the difference between that shoulder and this shoulder. Pinch the back of your neck if your neck is pinch, move. Pinch and move. That's the instruction. So that one has been you can pinch your hip, you can pinch your lower back and move. You can make such a difference to pain management. Interesting. So that it was a six day course, but I just finished telling you the secret of how well that works. Here's another one. When you smile, you use four muscles. You relax your neck, you relax your shoulders. When you frown, you use 27 muscles and you tighten everything up. I often tell the sweetheart seniors, many of them look out the window and say, ah, oh, it's raining. Ah, oh, isn't that awful? I said, no, 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 no. Look out the window and say, oh, liquid sunshine. Aren't we lucky? I love it. Liquid sunshine. I love teaching things that will make you have a better day, that will make you feel more. And I actually joke a little bit too, so that it's not as serious. I attend, I actually taught at the Ottawa Athletic Center. And I remember teaching there for three years, actually. Loved it. And made so many wonderful contacts who sent me into schools to teach children, who sent me into different places. I never had to hire an advertising company because once I can make you feel good and you've got a friend or a mom who needs this help, you'll ask them to come to my class. That's fantastic. So you really teach yoga pain management. So the physical aspect of it, but also the mental aspect of it, of how to stay positive and how to mentally manage your pain as well, which is a huge part. I, I, I really, I think that's an extremely important aspect that is not often discussed, that pain management and health is both physically doing things that are good for you and also mentally changing the way that you perceive them and, and manage them. So that's amazing. Wonderful. Wow. Well, that I've never heard of this before to pinch and move, but I will, uh, I will pass that on and, and practice it in myself. So can I ask you in terms of, you said how you convinced that gentleman to join your class, but what are the big hesitations for people in their senior years, many a times the people you teach maybe haven't been active their entire life. They weren't people who liked to exercise necessarily. They certainly didn't practice yoga. So they're coming to you for the first time in their senior years. How do you convince many of them that this is for them? Why do they come to the class? Uh, first of all, I have really fun music for them, but the, I'll tell you about one lady, for instance, who re remember I said I sort of try to pick up people as I'm heading up to my class uh, yes. who never have come. So I remember meeting this one lovely woman and I said, oh, are you new in this building? I've never seen you. And she said, no, I've been here for six months. And I said, oh, have you never been invited to my chair yoga class? Because you're being invited right now. Mm -hmm. She said, my dear, I am so depressed. I just like to be in my room. Oh, it's that's so hard sweet. for us to give up our homes and to move into a strange place. I haven't joined anything. Oh, that's I, heartbreaking. Have you ever taken a dare from anybody? Even in your younger days, somebody said, I dare you to do this. She goes, are you daring me to do something? <laughs> yes, I am. I dare you right now. Follow me up to the class. 
And if you don't like it, you can leave in the middle of it. You can leave five minutes after you arrive. Is that okay with you? She said, all right. So she came. Hmm. She became one of the most fun people in that circle that have ever, ever joined in that building. She just came back. She came out of her depression. Now, I'm not saying it's because of my class. But here's, do you mind if I tell one other story that has so impacted me? Please. Um, Usually, a senior moving into a home takes, I'm watching, about three months to say, okay, fine, I belong. You know all the things you give up, your past, your neighbors, your home, your knickknacks, whatever. Mm -hmm. And this woman came to my class one time in one of the residences and When she came in, she said something along the line of, I just moved in and I'm trying this out. And so here are two things about her. She had a wig on and she was in a wheelchair. Hmm. And she did everything that I was asking them to do. Because usually I say in the class, there are three rules in my class. Breathe, have fun, and don't do anything that hurts you. Mm -hmm. So she did everything. So at the end of the class, I thought, Georgia, you weren't listening. She didn't just move in. Nobody smiles and has so much fun on their first date. (laughs) But I went over to double check and I said, hi. And we introduced ourselves and I said, did I hear you say right that you just moved in today? And she said, yes, just this morning. And I said, "Okay, you're a miracle in my life because usually people don't join the class on their first day, they certainly don't participate and they certainly are not so positive as I've watched you be. I said, do you have a secret? (laughs) Okay, here we go. Anybody who wants this, oh, what a gift she gave me. Three words, acknowledge, accept, and adjust. I'm going to say it once more. Acknowledge, accept, and adjust. So here's what impact she had on my life or on little pieces of paper or on little pieces of glass I buy at the dollar store at least 400 times. So the three words that she said, acknowledge, accept, and adjust. Mm. Can I tell you that I have passed stones little ones, little circles, little pieces of paper with those three words, I would say at least 400 times so far, because that's what life is all about. We acknowledge what's going on. We accept what's happening. And then we adjust to it. Sometimes not in the same day. Sometimes it takes a while. But if we keep that in mind, it makes us go through COVID. It makes us go through, oh my gosh, I've got to go and give up my house. I can't afford it anymore. I've got to go ahead and move into a senior home. Mm. I've got to go back to my mother country because some relatives need me. Anything that is uh, taxing you or challenging you, acknowledge, accept, and adjust. I love that you wrote it on on a rock and that you're giving them out as gifts it's yeah. very symbolic to have those words on a rock and uh, and to always remember it. And what impact did that have on your life? Well, let's put it this way. I also follow this as well, too, because um, 
my mother taught me two other words, uh, not a, a saying, I should say. What's the gift in this? Maybe I'm sharing too much information, but both my father and my grandmother passed away in a fatal car accident. And I remember uh, at that time I was in my 20s and I remember thinking, okay, what's the gift in this one? Well, I didn't ask my mother. She was too brokenhearted to see it happen. It was her mother and my father, her husband. And a year later, she said, Georgia, I found the gift in what happened. I've been waiting, but I didn't say anything about that. She said, neither one of them spoke good English. I think you know I'm Hungarian background and they were more elderly. Neither one of them ever wanted to move into an old age home where everybody was speaking English around them. I guess they didn't have to. That's the gift. Oh my gosh. And back to the little stones that I have, or I have little um, notes that I pass out to people. I have been invited into homes over the last 22 years I've been teaching yoga. Georgia, come and see this. They have all the things that I've given them, all the messages I've given them, all the stones I've given them. There's almost, (laughs) my husband says, they put up a shrine with all your little sayings. But for so nice. One of the that I, I teach now to everybody is not to give your power away. Let's say you and I are doing this wonderful session together and the electricity and the power goes off. You can then have a saying saying, and then what? The sky didn't fall, I'm still sitting here alive. Don't give your power away. Maybe we can pick up another time. Maybe they'll just get half the session. Life will go on. Don't take it on. And if you do land up having, oh my gosh, what will we do now? Here's something. Take your hand and blow on it. Hmm. Interesting. It calms you right down. It is. I just learned this about a month ago. So it's just that and yes it works because you can't go (laughs) you have to go slowly and it slows your breath down slows your heart rate down stops you from an anxiety attack fantastic wow i mean there's so much in there and i you know i mean i'm it's very very sad story that that you shared um so thank you for sharing that but it's so beautiful that message that you always need to think of something beyond the difficulty and I absolutely love the fact that you do give out little cards and I also received one which is was such a lovely it just brings a smile to your face but also when you come back and you see it you read the message again and it's a really nice positive way of of reinforcing important thoughts into your mind but you held up a different little card now can you read what it says because I think that's a very important message as well that is is important to Remember in these daily rituals, which yoga is, yoga is a daily ritual. Definitely. So uh, one of the ones that I will share with you is breathe, do a good deed for others, and one for self every day. Mm. I find that especially females will do a good deed for others, left, right, and center. Men do too, but females are so aware. How can I help you? Whichever thing we can do. 
but then females forget themselves mm. males will do the transition what does that mean when a male comes home from work he'll either pick up the newspaper and read it uh watch the news on tv change into pajamas i call it a uh, transition mm. women don't do that women will get to the what's oh i better put supper on oh i better go ahead and check the washing machine oh i better go ahead and check and see if there's any messages on it's all about jobs not mm. what do i need maybe i need to sit down and twiddle my thumbs for two minutes mm. or maybe i need to put on my favorite hand cream whatever mm. it is do it for yourself don't give your power away i already said that yeah meditate you can find fabulous meditations on youtube if you don't know how to do it i actually like guided meditations because somebody's got to talk me down from the ceiling as a hyperactive person play i'm going to share something about that word in a minute play and also know you're amazing and i often say to people in the morning if you want to start right stand in front of the mirror and say, I'm amazing. Then you say to your mirror, you're amazing. We're amazing. That's wonderful. Because that's a nice way to start. And you've already moved yourself too. So it makes sense. And right. then of course, there is the one that uh, we had, what was it for uh, the latest one I have is, you have to embrace the moments that you have, not the ones that are gone. Be in the present moment. What's going on right now? Stop worrying about what, what's, what am I going to do in half an hour? Who cares? Be here. Yes. Enjoy this moment. You'll figure out what's going on in half an hour when you get there. Right. And I think the one that I mentioned a few minutes ago is things to do daily. Meditate. Express gratitude. This one is hard for many people. Drink plenty of water. I actually say, when you go to the bathroom, have a jug of water at the sink. So what goes out gets replenished with that water that you keep in the bathroom. Make healthy choices. Connect with nature. Say I love you to people you love. You don't know if this is the last time that they... Oh, I just thought of something. My husband's aunt was 50. And she told me that I was the first person to say I love you to her in her whole life. Wow. Very 50 years. And she was never told I love you. Wow. And also laugh and smile. Remember what I said a few moments ago? Ha, 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 ha. That wasn't real, but my body thought it was. <laughs> That's wonderful. And it has very good energy. It brings out very good energy. That is really good advice and very important practices to keep on a daily basis. Each one of them so important. And I liked the fact that it was the connect with nature every day. That is also just such an important thing that we often forget in busy city life to just notice the little butterfly, notice the little spider walking across, notice the leaves as they're rustling on the tree. Uh, it, does, it does make a huge difference. Absolutely wonderful. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. So as a yoga teacher, you specialize in teaching seniors who are coming to yoga for the first time. So I just wanted to get a little bit of an aspect of, in terms of teaching strategies, how do you approach your teaching 
differently than other yoga teachers. Is there a different way of approaching because of the individuals that you're teaching? I'm not serious. And they love that. Like yesterday, I actually have a team who covers classes that are too many for me now. And I've trained these people and certified them to be yoga teachers. And one of them couldn't make it yesterday. So it was a brand new group for me. And I would say they just met me. But in that class, we laughed at least eight times Mm. during the class. Mm -hmm. Now, here's something I read. And that was children laugh 400 times a day. Adults laugh 15 times a day. I remember actually quitting a very lucrative job that I was in after reading that because I thought, I'm good at this job, Mm -hmm. but I don't like it. I only laughed twice that day. So I include some sort of humor. I include some sort of joking. I I don't even, oh, and the music is fun so that there's a beat to it because I teach Alzheimer's groups as well too. And um, with Alzheimer's, if I have any kind of slow music, they're all asleep and I kid you not. Hmm. However, if I have songs on with a beat, a lot of smiling and teasing, All of a sudden, I have, instead of in a group of 10, two doing something, I have seven doing something. And I'm being very sincere here. Three will sleep right through it. But I don't give my power away to say, how come they didn't participate? Count your blessings. What about the seven who did it? Count your blessings, not your missings. Count your blessings, not your missings. That is a fantastic saying. I love Uh, that. Oh, it definitely works. And, you know, you were saying, how, how do I get them participating? By smiling at them all the way through and, and encourage, oh, here's something. During the class, half an hour class, I must say, way to go. You did it. You've got this. Encouragement words of after a, a song yesterday, I said, okay, the next exercise is for you to clap for yourself because you just did such a good job so that good feeling of you're worthy you're you're important you need to be appreciated that Mm -hmm. so comes in because I think we you know we say thank you but how about saying thank you so much oh I am so grateful in other words really really feel that compliment or that appreciation so that the other person can catch it too wonderful that is really really fantastic advice And as a learner, what do you think is important to know if you're picking up yoga for the first time and you you make it a fun experience, you really come to people where they're at, you really spread the message of how it can benefit each and every individual. I mean, you have gone from teaching babies and toddlers and mothers and seniors, those with dementia, those who are in wheelchairs, I mean, really yoga is for everyone, but as a learner, What do you think is important for people to know uh, when they are picking up yoga for the first time? Use it or lose it. Okay. (laughs) So every little bit counts. Every little movement counts. And, and, you know, to me, one of the things that I definitely have learned is don't judge. Just be with it for a little bit. Give it a chance. Because so often we go, well, you're truly judged. Why didn't I start yoga way back? I don't want to be a pretzel. I don't want to twist myself all up. Well, guess what? That's not, 
you don't have to twist yourself all up. You do what you can. Now, here's another thing too, is so many people like different styles of yoga. I, when I was teaching at OAC, I attended quite a few other classes because I'm always willing to learn and see what works for other people, what style I can incorporate into my collection. And yes. I remember I went to one class where in retrospect, I would call it a perfectionist military class. It was yoga. And by the way, I taught for the military and I love them. It's just that you know how you have to salute and you have to have it just right and you have to do it this way. That's how this one person was teaching the yoga class. And I thought, okay, that's not for me. I am not perfect. I'll never be perfect. I won't incorporate that. Now, if you're doing something in my yoga class, because I teach Hatha yoga as well, too. If you're doing something that's harmful to your well-being, I will then say, no, no, move your arm a little lower or, you know, bend a little more this way just to make sure they don't get hurt. But I'm not there to say you need to do this perfectly. That's really important. A very, very important point, because, again, people have this idea that it needs to be this perfect one type of yoga and type of individual who does it but really it's not it's movement for everyone where you're at and the essence is to keep your body moving as a ritual every day it's not something you pick up for a week and then drop and then pick up again for another week so those are really important points and in terms of practicing yoga I mean I, I love that you're you know on this podcast we talk about learning and and teaching and different strategies and one of the most important aspects of teaching is to meet people where they're at and to come along in little spe steps. And that's exactly what you do. Something that I thought when you, when you told me about it, the Tibetan rituals is something that really you, you start with little steps and you make it a ritual, something that you do every day, which is the important part for those who are not familiar with it. Can you tell me a little bit more about what the Tibetan rituals are and how someone would start that? Okay, so go to YouTube and find a, a version of five Tibetans. That's what mm -hmm. you'd be looking for, five Tibetans. And it's five moves um, which incorporate so many aspects of your well-being that when I tell people about it, I usually say, go to YouTube, five Tibetans, and then start slowly in a way that do three of each of the moves. There's a spinning, there's a leg raises, there is a, you're in a kneeling position, arching your back. There is a, those of you who know upward dog, downward dog, strengthening, core building. And there's one um, where you do a bridge, again, uh, sitting down and uh, legs straight forward, hands by your side, and you bring your body up and down. So do each move three times. And then one of the things I ask us that back to people not doing things for themselves daily, I do say, if you like it, do it daily, commit, you deserve to be well every day. And yes. so you can build it up. For instance, my husband won't do the maximum should be 21 repetitions. My husband likes it 15 times. Does he do it every day like me? Um, okay, I'm not going to answer that question. <laughs> Right. But but he does do it quite regularly. Good. And um, now I'll divert to something else. I remember having a group of um, 13 women in my class in my st studio. And I just asked the question, 
what have you done to play in the last week? And you should have seen the blank looks. So I thought, well, I'll increase that too. What about in the last month? Blank looks again. So I said, okay, now I'm giving you homework. Do something special to be all about you to play every day. By play, I don't mean take out your skipping rope and go skipping, <laughs> yes. but something that is something fun for you. I remember that same son who taught me the yoga came to the house one time and he says, mom, do you meditate? Well, he knows I'm hyperactive. Mm -hmm. And I said, oh God, no. He goes, <laughs> okay, here's what I'm going to ask you. I'm going to put on a fat, we had a room with just a mattress in it. Okay. And oh God, I've changed since then. There isn't a spare space in our house now. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> So um, he, he put on this fast song. I don't recall what it was. He goes, Mom, I'm going to close the door, dance your heart out for this song, move any way you like. Nobody's looking. And then there's the mattress. Lie down and just count your breath as you're lying down. And I'll show you that in a moment. And so I did it. And then I lay down. And here's how he set to count the breath. One in, two out. Three in, four out, five in, six out, seven in, eight out, nine in, ten out. Now you could keep going as long as you want with this, but just doing that, that's completely easy to focus on even if you have a chance to say it out loud mm. it calms you right down and then I remember just feeling so well and so peaceful when it was over and I thought that's one of the most important things I've ever learned and I still <laughs> use that breathing method now there's other breathing methods but I'm not about to teach a whole class for you here but <laughs> But I love that. That is such a good approach to meditation, because I think a lot of people, as you said, you have a lot of energy and you always, I guess, hesitated or, or, or wasn't weren't interested in starting to meditate. Why did you say, oh, God, no? Um, because I I didn't. Well, <laughs> now you're going to hear another story. I went to med <laughs> class and I, re I remember it was a sweet woman and she had about 40 of us in there. And she put a candle in the middle of the room and she said, everybody, find a comfortable seating position where you are. And we're going to gaze at this candle for 30 minutes. And I'll let you know when the 30 minutes are up. O-M-G. You should have heard what went on in my mind. Yeah. If you think I'm going to sit here and watch that candle for half an hour and enjoy doing this no wonder i don't want to meditate this is craziness anyway this yep, yep 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 in my mind went on for i don't know maybe five minutes guess what at the end of 30 minutes she said everybody please come back into the moment our time is up i was totally into it when i <laughs> let true. go of all my judgments all my busy mind mm -hmm. all my expectations it was one of the most wonderful experiences I ever had. Fantastic. That's really good. It's a, it's a good thing to to hear stories like that, because I think that's the thought processes you had before you started was exactly what so many people 
think about meditation. But I love that strategy that your son gave you that you should just close the door, put your favorite music on, dance it out alone, and then focus on your breathing. That's a great strategy, I think, for people who, well, for anybody, but also for people who think that this is actually quite kind of dull. It's a great way to get into it and start start to meditate which is really nice. Very, very good. And you've, are, are you a regular practitioner? Do you meditate regularly? How does that, how did that impact you? Well, I'm still, first of all, I do it at the end of every class. We have mm -hmm. it at the end of every class. As a matter of fact, there's something I wanted to uh, go back to is when I teach my classes, I don't do it with the Alzheimer group, but I usually ask if uh, a confession. Okay. Now this, this has, as a funny story for one person, my regulars know what it's all about. Tell me what hurts, because then I can go ahead and actually gear the session to help you, to help you, to help you, to help you. I keep in mind what hurts. So this new person came in and I made the mistake of saying, as I always did, so tell me your confessions. I She literally stood up from her mat. She goes, I'm sorry, I didn't sign up to do that. I'm out of here. I said, wait, wait, give it a chance. I said, it's not one of those I'm going to bless you kind of confessions. It's tell me what hurts so I can aim some of our movements towards your need. Mm -hmm. She goes, oh, thank you. She says, I thought this was one of those holy things. And no, thank you. I don't want that. <laughs> so it certainly is. It has teaching for all of us if give things a chance don't judge immediately mm -hmm. because who knows maybe it could benefit you so yes i if if it's a group that i have time to do this with or if it's a senior group that has been coming to me for a long time i will actually start them as well too of confessions what hurts and then we may immediately go to those needs right away at the beginning of the class and then get on with the class so it's personalized for them. That's really good. Very important. What a phenomenal way that you approach teaching and yoga. I really, really like that. Well, we can dig into so many more aspects uh, of this, of your work. And it's just such a pleasure to be talking to you about it and getting your wonderful tips on yoga, meditation, and life in general. I really enjoy a conversation. But before we end, I wanted to ask you for any tips and advice that you have for people who might be thinking about starting yoga. What, what would be your final tip that you would like them to really know? Well, just so they're not intimidated, back to YouTube. I'm a very devoted fan of YouTube's ideas. There was one time my right shoulder gave out so badly that I could hardly put my coat on. It was two and a half years ago. And I thought, lady... You're in your 70s, so guess what? Things are going to go backwards for you uh, in some ways, but just keep moving. Anyway, I attended a class called Eccentrics, and Eccentrics uh, class was teaching, and I'll give you the easier word in a minute, that in our joints, there's debris, and the, the debris is what starts to hurt it. And then if you don't move, you land up getting it solidifies and then you can really move it less and less. And she taught us, and I kid you not, throw the Frisbee eight times with each arm and then reach across your knee and pull out the weed and throw that away eight times. And after attending two sessions, 
my shoulder was perfectly good. So I told you there's something easier on there. YouTube, Aging Backwards. She has different videos, about eight minutes long. Uh-huh. And you you see which aspect is uh, important to you. So I followed aging backwards for the shoulders, did that a few more times, and there's nothing wrong with that shoulder for, as, as we speak. And that happened over two years ago. Amazing. So YouTube is something that they can go to to check out things. I Oh, even for guided meditation and for my back hurts, what can YouTube back video. Uh, oh, here's one YouTube stress meditation, which, by the way, nowadays is so important in our lives. So I actually <laughs> I actually have a YouTube session on there on meditation Do you? because Do you? when I taught, I forgot this. I taught a, a meditation session for six weeks. They okay. wanted to hire me for 10 weeks. And I said, no, no, I can't sit still and teach for 10 hours, but I I will put together six hours worth of lessons. And I remember one of the women said, could you ever come over? Because you had such good ideas, but I don't remember them all. I'd like to video you at my location. Guess what? She had a studio and she put together four videos for YouTube on meditation so this is quite a while ago. So if you look, um, you'll see that it's a younger version, but um, I can go ahead and afterwards share the link with you and you can include it if you like. Definitely. Uh, that will definitely be in the show notes. I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing it myself and, and for sure, including it in the show notes. Wow. Well, those are very good advice and absolutely true that YouTube is full of really great resources. And I always ask at the end of every interview for you to share what is a resource, something to read or listen to or watch that really inspires you. So what is it that you would recommend as something that inspires you? One of my favorite books is The Miracle of Mindfulness, mm-hmm. a manual on meditation. Tich Nhat Han. he has fabulous things in his ideas definitely liberation from suffering one is all all is one mindfulness of the mind a day of mindfulness quiet breathing oh my gosh i'd say that's my favorite book and there's another one yoga for transformation gary craftsow author of yoga for wellness Ancient Teachings and Practices for Healing the Body, Mind, and and Heart. And then another thing that I picked up along the way, I haven't used as much of this lately, but um, cards, the Chakra Deck. These are 50 cards for promoting spiritual and physical health. And what's nice with the cards is that you can pick one for today, pick five for today, whatever your timing is that you give to yourself. There's another box of this poses and meditations for body, mind, and spirit. So is it a card for a specific movement? So you pick out a card and you do that that exercise? A deck of 50 cards. Okay. I I think it was singing Pebble on Main Street in Ottawa that I, I picked up many of these cards. And sometimes... Just so I change up my uh, classes each time. So sometimes I'll pass out a card to each person, say, you're in charge today. Show us what the card tells us. Mm -hmm. And so they learn about that one thing that they got, and then they show it to us. 
So participation, not just me being in charge all the time. Yes, that's really good. Well, it sounds like your classes are absolutely incredible and lots of fun and really, really helping to, to promote health and good health. So thank you so much for sharing all of that, your knowledge, your insights, and your very personal experience with yoga and teaching yoga. This is a very inspiring conversation that really, I think, helps people to really think about yoga differently and realize how important it is in their lives and just give it a try. And the power of the mind and the body together, you've given so many important insights and advice. So I really appreciate all of that. Thank you so much, Georgia, for, for speaking to me about this. Definitely a pleasure. And uh, just so you know, Kinga, you are invited anytime you like. It's not one of those drop by sometimes. And in my mind thinking, I hope she never does. It's, <laughs> it's actually, yes, it's an invite. You're so welcome to say, Georgia, you told me to come by and visit. Let's set it up. Okay. Oh, that I'll would be so nice. You. I would love to. I would absolutely love to and sit down and have uh and have a great conversation again. I, I really look forward to it. Thank you. All right. So I dare you to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I will. Thank you. Thank you very much. This was fun. It really was. Thanks. Thanks. Bye.